Welcome to a very special edition of the Raising Kids on Your Knees podcast. My friends and I from the Christian Podcasters Association have put together short five-minute segments just for you on the subject of hope. As we walk further into the crisis we are in, hope may seem like it is hard to grasp. Take some time to be encouraged by my friends and listen to all of them. Each one brings a unique perspective on hope. The segments are designed to be listened to all in one sitting, or they can be broken up throughout your day or week, making them convenient for you to hear. No matter how you choose to hear them, our hope is that you will be encouraged as we point you to our only hope, Jesus Christ. Hey guys, this is Jenna Erlinson from the Bridge of the Faithful podcast. This is a mini episode about where I get my hope. I learned that I'm not a huge fan of the ocean while in Hawaii two years ago. While I've traveled to many places in my life, I hadn't really spent much time at an ocean. My husband decided to surprise me by taking me there for our 10th anniversary. He couldn't wait to watch me experience my first time swimming in the beautiful blue waters. Never swimming in an ocean means I never had experienced waves. Nothing could have prepared me for the sight of a huge swelling wave cresting on the horizon, coming toward me with no way to stop it. And then when that first rush hit me, I was completely overtaken and overwhelmed. I did not know how to get out from under it until it had dissipated. I realize this is melodramatic and I was seven weeks pregnant at the time, so I'm sure that's part of it, but the anxiety was so real. I'm here to say that I survived the waves and God has shown me a lot from that experience. One of the biggest things I've learned is that no wave goes wasted. I'm a nurse and at the time of this recording, we are at the cresting stage of this COVID wave, at least in Ohio. I see things looming on the horizon, ready to crash. But as I think about these kinds of swelling situations, God brought me back to thinking of him. You see, God controls the waves. There are two stories in the Bible that comes to my mind when I think of waves and rough waters. The first is in the Old Testament. God had just proven his power through the ten plagues and proven his favor by rescuing the Israelites and leading them toward his promised land. And then he led them straight to the Red Sea. Of course Israel was terrified. They had a huge sea in front of them, blocking forward motion, and they had an Egyptian army behind them chasing to overcome them and bring them back to slavery. They felt trapped and betrayed by God. So how did he respond and answer their crying out? He made some waves. Exodus 14.21 tells us that to make the famous path in the Red Sea, God sent a strong east wind. A scientific study I read did some experiments and found that it would indeed be possible if the winds were about 63 miles per hour. For reference, an average tornado is 40 to 100 miles per hour. So with some turbulence and a strong push from behind, God made some huge waves. Through that, he provided safe passage when there seemed to be no way. He provided rescue in abundantly miraculous ways. Through those same waves, he provided vengeance and annihilation of a past that was pursuing and threatened to overtake to drag them back to slavery. Sometimes the huge scary waves in our lives are the times when God exhibits his amazing power, provides rescues from our own areas of bondage, destroying its ability to take us over again. Other times, God calms the waves in our lives. Mark chapter 4 describes another tempestuous moment. It was nighttime on a boat with some experienced fishermen. Even better, it was a boat that had Jesus. 
However, Jesus was tired and took a nap. In the middle of that nap, a storm rose up. It was so intense that those experienced fishermen were so scared they panicked and woke up Jesus asking if he even cared that they were at risk of drowning. I kind of feel like that right now, don't you? We're here riding out this scary, wavy tempest, but like those disciples, we have Jesus on our boat. What did he do when the disciples asked for his help? Verse 39 says, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. The next thing he did was ask a question. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I'm learning to find that faith, and that is where my hope is established. I belong to a God who either makes waves to rescue me or calms the waves that threaten to destroy me. I am safe in his hands despite the storms that surround me. And with his still, calming, loving voice, he says to my turbulent heart, peace be still, and still it becomes. Exodus 14, 13 through 14. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Shalom, friends, and welcome to the Altered Story Show Message of Hope mini episode. My name is Michelle Saunders, Gutch storytelling host and founder of Altered Stories Ministry, a faith-based nonprofit located in Overland Park, Kansas, that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them. Thanks for listening. We hope and pray our words will encourage each of you during this time of uncertainty due to the coronavirus pandemic. Today, you will hear words of God encouragement from Sandy Williams, Altered Stories Ministry Board VP, and Brenda Curls, Altered Stories Ministry Board Secretary. Let's hear from Sandy first. Hi, y'all. This is Sandy, and I'm speaking to you today from Texas, where I have been tutoring my grandchildren during this crazy time in our nation's history. And I wanted to share just a few words with you today. I'm wearing my Choose Joy shirt today, and that will be my message, because there are, there are times in our lives when we get to make these choices, and sometimes they're not so easy. Sometimes it's really hard to choose joy. And so I will go back to the words of my mom and when I would, I would be upset or I'd be frustrated or I'd be hurt or I'd be afraid. And she would say, smile and be happy. And I'd say, mom, how can I smile and be happy when my feelings are hurt? And she'd say, smile and get happy. And I'd say, how do I act happy when I'm not feeling happy? How do I act brave when I'm really afraid? And she'd say, practice. And she would look at you with that mama eyebrow. Does anybody have a mom like that where she raised that eyebrow up and she'd say, and she looked straight into your soul and then she wouldn't quit until you said, yes, ma'am. And so today I would ask that we would practice. Let's practice kindness and practice charity and practice patience and practice loving your neighbor and practice loving yourself. And in Nehemiah 8, 10, the Lord says, do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is, is your strength. Our strength comes from the Lord. So today I say, 
choose joy. Brenda, go for it. I'm a follower of Christ first, a wife and a mother of one son. I work for a nonprofit organization that works with children in poverty around the globe. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. This is a, certainly an unprecedented time for all of us, and I mean everyone. This is impacting the whole globe, a global pandemic that none of us have experienced. But it's Good Friday, and as we look forward to the promise of what comes with Easter, it could be tough. But celebrating Easter during our pandemic will really mean we won't be able to worship together like we used to. Maybe family gatherings won't happen like they normally would. But you know what? God knows and is walking with us through this journey. God walked that path to the cross for each of us. Because of what he did, we have his promise to help guide us through this global challenge. This week, I've spent a little bit of time looking back in my journal to see what God would say to me. And I found so much encouragement on how he has taken me through challenges through the times of the past. And, you know, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he promises that he will go. If we go with him, he will give us rest. God carries our burdens when we can't. Let me finish with saying, quoting actually Psalms 13, 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I hope you can find peace as you trust in God's unfailing love in preparation for Easter. Thank you, Brenda, so much. So in closing, friends, here are my words of God hope. As most of you know, I'm passionate about helping Christian women share their God stories. I believe storytelling provides hope to others and creates connection, trust, and relatability, as well as unity. Storytelling is also one of the most powerful means that leaders have to influence, teach, or inspire. The Altered Story Show currently has 29 different God stories shared that provide God hope to others who are going through difficult circumstances and are in need of hope and healing. These altered stories are transforming women's lives around the world. As Anne Voskamp shares in her Day 38 Lent of More God Instagram post, no matter your story, what's in store for you now is restoration. The Bible shares many, many stories of hope for us, probably between 600 to 800. One of my favorite Bible stories is the Easter Bible story. The story is summarized in the gospel and recorded in the New Testament books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus' crucifixion was part of God's plan from his birth as man's sin required a sacrifice. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of our Christian faith. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, he confirmed that he was the son of God. This provided all mankind with hope that our physical death isn't final. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power 
of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. God bless you all. Hi, this is Meg from Letters from Home podcast. Boy, these are crazy times we are living in, momentous times and historic. I asked my family this week, what brings them hope? First, my husband, Mike. So in a time like this with a global pandemic, there is a real need for hope. I've met people that are feeling very helpless and people that are feeling kind of hopeless. And the idea of being hopeless is a horrible, empty feeling. And for me, it's really important to separate what hope is from what wishful thinking is. You know, people think, I hope I don't get the virus, or if I do get the virus, I hope I don't get really sick and, and my family gets sick or hospital. But hope in the Bible is about something that you're, you have an assurance and even a confidence, a conviction about. So I think that the pandemic is a place that doesn't change someone's hope at all. It just makes it more clear. As a matter of fact, hope in the Bible, it, it's always in the context of having to wait for something in the future. And it's about the trials associated with the current present conditions. The idea of hope in the midst of a storm says, I have something bigger than this storm that I'm anchored to. It talks about having an anchor within the veil, the Bible does, the veil being that place of God's presence. And so hope is something that brings you through really tough times. In Romans, it talks about a process that goes from suffering which produces endurance, which produces character, which produces hope. And it says specifically that hope does not make ashamed. So I think at times like this, hope is the best thing. Next, Eden. She's 22 and is home from nursing school. In this season, what I've learned about hope is that no matter what trial you're going through, you have to have some type of anchor that gets you through it. And in this season, that anchor got tested for me with kind of the storms of social distancing and trying to do class online when you're a senior and don't want to do anything and you just want to go to work. But one thing that really encouraged this is looking at how temporary this is and how we have a sure hope in God coming to right all wrongs for the new Eden, new heaven and earth to be made. And specifically, a quote by C.S. Lewis encouraged me. He shares about that God as the director, when he walks on the stage and the play is over, when you see the whole natural universe melting away like a dream and something else, something never that's entered your head to conceive comes crashing in, something so beautiful to some of us and so terrible to others that none of us will have any choice left. Now today is this moment, is our chance to choose the right side. God is holding back to give us that chance. It will not last forever. We must take it or leave it. If you think about life as a stage and when God comes on as the director at the end, that's the end of the play, that this world will be over and then the rest is a celebration after. It puts in perspective how the little mess-ups, the little things that bug you or if you feel down or depressed, that 
there is something afterwards and this is only temporary. And then you get that endurance to get through those trials. And that's how I find hope. And third, Jordan, he's 16 and he just got back from his shift at the grocery store. I, I found a verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I was reading a different version of this where it says these three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. So there are two encouraging things that I find in this verse. The first encouraging thing is that the hope that we have right now in this hard time will last forever. And this is the same hope that we're going to have when we come to even more difficult times. So if we can find hope now, then it will always be with us. And the other is that if we can find the love of the Lord and the love of others, then we will be able to help produce hope. Because that's that's really why love is the greatest, because it produces faith and hope. If you're struggling, please reach out on our website. We'd be glad to help in any way we can. Lettersfromhomepodcast.com. God bless you all. Hi, I'm Paula Chamberlain, and my podcast is A Quilter's Life, where each episode I interview a different quilter. In searching for a verse from the Bible that mentioned hope, I found Romans 12.12. It says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Yes, we can be joyful in hope, and also patient during this hard time, which we could term as an affliction, and I'm sure many of you are being faithful in prayer. But I went back to see what the context of this verse was. Let me read Romans 12:9-13. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. In verse 10, the statement, Honor one another above yourselves, stuck out to me. I believe I'm seeing many at this time honoring one another. I'm so blessed to be in a community of quilters that I see putting aside their quilts and making necessary items for others. We are hearing a lot about masks but they also have been making scrub bags for healthcare professionals to carry dirty scrubs in, and I've even seen some making caps for workers to wear. I reached out to my friend Marla Work, who owns the Quilted Work Quilt Shop, for her to share about making masks. So here's Marla. Well, there are lots of masks on the horizon right now. If you check on YouTube, you'll see dozens and dozens and dozens of tutorials on how to make a mask. So uh, there are different types. I found that the best one that I felt was most effective was one that shapes around your nose and your chin, and it looks like half of a bra is what it looks like. has four sizes. If you have your pencil and paper, it's an easy site to find. It's Craft, C-R-A-F-T, Passion, P-A-S-S-I-O-N, all one word, dot com and they have a pattern it's a pdf that you can print off and use and you have to add a quarter of an inch 
and you can use either elastic or the ties, which most people are using the ties because they found that they're a lot more comfortable. The elastic can be uh, very painful after a while if you have to wear them for a long period of time. The ties that you put to tie around your head, they were suggesting to cut a 36-inch piece and work that through, and then that would be like 18 inches from the front to the back on either side. I found with children you only need like a 30-inch piece. The important thing is is to try to get the mask to fit around your face. Everybody's face is different. As far as materials, we use cotton and we use non-woven. That's non-woven material, which is an interfacing, and it's not woven like a weave. It's actually made that the fibers are so close together that the microns of, what is it, 0.5 can't get through, and they're saying it's as good as a 3M filter, and people are using two layers of it on the inside of their mask that's facing outward to protect them. Because you have to have something you can breathe that's not going to get too hot, but yet will filter. So they're putting that in between the front and the back of the masks, and the mask that I chose has a pocket on it, so you actually could put a filter in there if you wanted to, since now they're recommending you wear a mask to the grocery store. So, Paula, stay safe and God bless. Thanks so much. You bet, honey. Bye-bye. I'm Debbie Robertson, host of From Willingness to Wellness, a faith-infused podcast for the willing heart, mind, soul, and body with a focus on health gain by weight loss. My purpose is to inspire and influence others to live a happier, healthier, more fulfilled life with the message that anyone can have complete wellness. It all begins with willingness. You can do anything if you are willing. Hope is something that's very close to my heart. It's something that I talk about quite often on my own show, and it comes from a place of knowing what true hope is. True hope, according to the Word of God, is an earnest expectation. When we have true hope, it goes beyond a wishful thinking type of hope into a faithful type of hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for or earnestly expected. So when we talk about hope, we are looking at it from that place. Also, hope comes from a place of fellowship. Now, I have an entire episode on this, but I want to give you just a little bit from that particular episode. Psalm 16, 7 through 11 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Verse 11 says that you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. It's in his presence that we can have that fullness of joy and where our flesh will rest in hope. And where does that begin? It begins with our will, being willing to bless the Lord. Verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord. So you see, to have that earnest expectation, 
We have to be in His presence, and we have to be willing to bless the Lord. Now, in addition to being the host of a podcast, I'm also a fitness instructor. And right now, during this coronavirus pandemic and everyone being at home in their shelter in place, we've been doing some video chats. And I asked some of my participants who were on the other day, what hope meant to them. So as I finish up my little segment here, I wanted to leave you with what they had to say about what hope means to them. Hope to me means believing and expecting for something that hasn't happened yet. Hope to me is a confident outcome and just claiming it. To me, hope is the Lord because He is always there. He never changes And he knows what's best for us, and he wants what's best for us. And so we can have hope in that. My desire and hope and prayer is to end this COVID virus. Hope to me means faith and trust. Hope is accepting God's blessings without doubt or question. Hope to me is the promise of something better. Romans 8 says, if God is for us, who could be against us? I pray that things will go back to normal again soon. Hope to me is a driving force. I hope for a positive outcome. I hope for my family and friends that they stay well. I hope for them all to prosper in life and love. As you can hear, we are all hoping for the same thing. I'm going to give my final words with this, Romans 8, 24, and 25. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You can do anything, including rest in his hope, if you are willing. Again, this is Debbie Robertson, host of From Willingness to Wellness, and you can find me at ForTheWilling.com. That's the number four, TheWilling.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Tara K. Ross, and I co-host the Hope Pros podcast along with Rebecca Black. Over at the Hope Pros podcast, we are big fans of books. To be more specific, we love stories that are filled with hope-filled prose, Stories that meet someone within their fear, grief, or confusion, and offer hope, empathy, and healing. I myself have personally seen how well-crafted words can transform a person's life. I've also seen through my work as an author and school-based speech-language pathologist how shared reading can bring people together in a way that is God-inspired and so nurturing to the spirit. To support the CPA Hope Collaboration, We wanted to offer our communities recommendations for hope-filled stories from across ages and genres that can be enjoyed as a family or on your own. These selections come from our own libraries and those of our listeners. It was next to impossible to narrow down to just three, but we only have five minutes. So we're going to share our top three picks for preschoolers, school age, and young adults during this unsettling and confusing time. We'll finally share three of our favorite picks to enjoy and find peace with, even as an adult. So our top three picks for preschoolers were 
Max Lucado's You Are Special, The Garden, the Curtain, and the Cross by Carl Lafferton, and Last Stop on Market Street by Matt De La Pena. Our three hope-filled picks for school-age kiddos were A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Langle, The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett, and Bridge to Terabithia by Catherine Patterson. And these are great read-alouds as a family. Our three hope-filled picks for young adults, and this is our sweet spot because this is primarily what we do on the Hope Pros podcast. I love The Giver by Lois Lowry. We enjoyed so much the story behind Stephanie Morell's Within These Lines. It was also recommended by someone in our community. And then another book that we think would just bring so much hope right now is 100 Days of Sunlight by Abby Emmons. So for adults, as well as for young adults, and for great read-alouds, we have a couple of selections that we think might work for you to help feel inspired and hopeful during this time, as well as to share as a family. I just finished reading All Manner of Things by Susie Finkbeiner, and this was such a hope-filled story, which would be a great one for you to just read on your own. All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr is an amazing novel as well and brings a lot of hope into um, a very dark situation. A great family book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the classic beginning novel by C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, and then another one that could be great to read with your teenagers is Nadine Brandis's Out of Time series. There are so many other books that we could recommend, but we're trying to be good for time here. Remember, reading is a perfect way to quiet your mind for a while, to bring you back to truths that are eternal and unchanging. And reading does not have interruptions or commercial breaks with headlines. You can turtle away from the world for a while, and in most of these cases, order the ebook or pick it up virtually from your library without needing to leave your house. We are praying that even within our isolation, through reading timeless stories, we will be reminded of our connected humanity. If you want to hear more about hope-filled YA books and listen in as we chat with authors who write them, subscribe to the Hope Pros podcast on your favorite podcast player. And with that, we hope that we've inspired sparks for your creative journey. Hello and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here. Join me as we ponder life from a biblical perspective. You can find Moments with Moni on Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, and Apple Podcasts, or my blog at momentswithmoni.wixsite.com or on Facebook. Welcome to the Hope Collaboration with the Christian Podcast Association. This original short story presentation on hope is brought to you by Moments with Moni. Guess what? What, Rose? What? Daddy says he's building a new home for us, and it's going to be bigger than any other place we've ever lived. Did you see him? Where is he? I want to see him. Well, no, I I haven't seen him, Lily, but he sent this letter. Oh, well, keep going. Let me know what he said. Well, of course, Dad tells us that he loves us just as much as he did before he left to prepare a new place for us and wants us to remember to love and to be kind to each other. I think Dad would be proud of us because we have been doing that, right, Rose? Yes, Lily, but I don't think he knew how difficult it would be to be kind all the time. (laughs) Anyway, let me finish. Oh, oh my. What, Rose? What's the matter? Well, 
Maybe he did know. Dad is warning us that things may not always be easy while he's gone, but he wants us to remember the letters he wrote to us because there may come a time when some people will not let us keep the words he's written to us. What? Why would someone want to take Dad's letters away from us, Rose? He says, little ones, love each other as I love you because many who live near you or even on the other side of the world may not have heard of this kind of love. Some people are so hurt inside that they continue hurting others because it's all they know. Tell them about the place I am building. Make sure they understand that your dad is helping you live this way. I will come for you soon, your loving daddy. Oh, Rose, I miss him so much. When is he coming back? He didn't say, Lily. Let's take a break and go check on Mrs. Taylor. Knock, knock. I'll ring the doorbell. Give it a few minutes, Lily. Mrs. Taylor doesn't move as fast as you. I hear her coming. Hello, who is it? Hello, Mrs. Taylor, it's Lily and Rose. We brought you some toilet paper and left it in a bag on your porch. Oh my, it's so nice to see your smiling faces. How is your dad doing? Is he coming back soon? Yes, Mrs. Taylor. He said he is still preparing the new place and should be returning shortly. Well, thank you so much for thinking of me and for the toilet paper. Have a nice day. Oh, and we put a copy of Dad's letters in the basket for you to read. Thank you, girls. Goodbye. Goodbye. Let's read the next letter from Dad. Let me remind you of a few things I have shared with you in the past. All these plans started a long time ago when no one lived on the earth yet. The garden was beautiful and the perfect spot for two people to meet. They enjoyed the garden for a short while, but because they made bad choices that affected them and the generations to come, they were sent out of the garden to now live with the consequences because they disobeyed their dad. There was now hard work and pain to deal with, and as time went on, there were more people that did ugly things. They didn't want anyone telling them what to do, but Dad sent another to help. The only hope for the world, and they killed him. But he didn't stay dead. The only hope came back to life again after three days. Oh, you know, Lily... I tried to explain this to a friend the other day, but all I could say was, I know it might sound like a sci-fi movie, but I think about it this way. Our bodies will all die one day, but the real us inside, the spirit will live on forever in one place or another. We only see the physical temporary world around us right now, but the permanent spiritual world will last forever. You did good, Rose. Is there more in the letter? Yes, again, Dad encourages us to read the letters and share them with as many people as we can. And he said, yes, by all means, invite people to come live with us in the future. Have them read any of the letters that I had Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John write down to help them understand it better. To answer your next question, I am sorry to remind you that not everyone will be allowed to live here. I will deal with the others when I come back the second time. When it's time for you to come to your new home, I will have my friend Michael play the trumpet while I call for you. I have everything you will ever need here, and you will never have to leave. I have a big dinner planned for you when you arrive with all your friends who trust in the only hope. I can't wait to see you face to face. Hi, I'm Brandi Gable from The Road Home to You. 
a podcast offering hope and faith in Jesus to those wounded by others, stuck in addiction, or afflicted by the storms of life. After Jesus sat at the well with an outcast woman from Samaria, having shared all he knew about how she longed for something more meaningful than one failed relationship after another, she got up and went to her townspeople and shared her story. When two men were walking down the dusty road after Jesus had been crucified, they met up with a third man, who at first glance appeared not to know why they were so sad. But then the third man spoke, and he shared the stories of past generations, of prophecies being fulfilled, and soon the men realized that they were indeed speaking to the risen Christ, and they too went and shared their story of how they'd met Jesus. Stories are important. They are the touchstone to our past. They remind us of where we've been and where we are going. In times such as these, we hear many stories, from doctors and nurses on the front lines to the politicians working to make the right call for their states, to our own neighbors, friends, and family who are sick or fearful of getting sick. There are stories coming out every day that illustrate both the best and the worst that humanity has to offer. I'm fortunate enough to have a story from my great-grandmother, who was 14 years old when the flu pandemic of 1918 happened. She had recently moved to Spokane, Washington, and had only been in school for a week, when, because of the flu, the schools were all closed down. On Thanksgiving Day, she and her aunt, along with 10 other young women, went to a local play. The next day, she recalls she and the girl she sat next to the previous evening both woke up sick. Five days later, her friend had died. She recounts, Every one of those girls except my Aunt Verna had the flu, and my mother was scared to death. My mother and grandmother got flu, but my aunt stayed home and nursed all of us, and never did get it, and my grandfather never got it. Dad never got it either. Whenever the Indians came, he'd light up his pipe and smoke it, and they'd be coughing and they were dying like flies. But when they'd leave, he'd spray formaldehyde, and he thinks that's what kept him from getting it. I was in bed for ten days. The doctor said, go on a liquid diet, no solids. Stay in bed until your temperature is down for three days. My uncle nearly died of it. Christmas, we were all starting to get well so got together, and we were a bunch of the shakiest people you've ever seen. This is a rare look into the time and experience my ancestors were living through as they faced a pandemic. I've read this accounting so many times, but not once would I have guessed that I'd live to see a pandemic also. But here we are, and we also have a story to tell. Each one of us is experiencing so much of the same thoughts and feelings, yet we're all walking through them differently. Our understanding of the world around us is unique from anyone else's. And in the midst of all of this, we are each experiencing God. What's your story? How has this time of social isolation affected you? What have you learned about yourself? 
your priorities, your boundaries, your hopes and fears? What have you learned about your relationships, about God? In writing our stories down, not only do we leave a legacy for our descendants, but we also give ourselves a chance to reflect and process our own experiences. The very act of writing is therapeutic and calming. The other wonderful thing about stories is that they provide a memorial for us to see and remember God's faithfulness, like the Israelites as they wandered through the desert, leaving memorials of stone when God provided. The stories we share with each other about God's provision and presence stand out as beacons of hope during the darkest of days. Go, grab a notebook and a pen and start writing your story. Then share it, because I promise someone will be blessed and encouraged when you do. Be sure to check out the Road Home to You podcast at roadhometoyou.com or wherever you download podcasts. And remember, love God, love people, and pray hard. This is Tim Winders, and I'm a coach for business owners, executives, and leaders. I'm also an author, and I'm the host of the Seek, Go, Create podcast. You can find the Seek, Go, Create podcast on Apple, Spotify, and most other major platforms, or you could go directly to our website at seekgocreate.com. That's seekgocreate.com. One other interesting thing about us, my wife and I are actually nomads, and we currently travel live and work in our 39-foot RV. You know, these are such interesting times we're in. I just wanted to take a few minutes and share a message of hope kind of in the midst of just a bunch of crazy stuff that's going on. We we discussed this some on our podcast, but in general, we're just in an unprecedented time. And as people that consider ourselves followers of Christ, we we should be at peace and we should not have any anxiety. But I know that there are many people right now that they are just scratching their heads and just wondering what in the world, literally, what in the world is going on. And in many ways, I've done the same thing. I just want to share just maybe a quick testimony that may give some of you hope. And then I want to wrap up if I have time and and give some encouragement and uplift you as much as I can. My wife and I, we've been in business. We've been married for over 30 years and we've been in business multiple times. We're entrepreneurs and, and we've had companies and heading into the 2008 economic downturn, we had three companies that were all related to real estate that had done extremely well. And by the time 2013 had rolled along, all of those companies were gone. At one point, we even had over 15 million in real estate holdings, over 100 pieces of properties. All of those were gone, and we basically were homeless nomads. And I, and I want to let you know this, that God took care of us. He sustained us, and it, it did not always look like we wanted it to look But now in looking back, it was the absolute best thing for us just to build our faith, 
for us to gain closer, just the two of us, and for us to draw near to our Heavenly Father. Now, again, I don't wish it upon anyone, but but looking back on it, it was something that we needed to go through and that we needed to do. Now, what we're entering right now, I don't know what this economy is going to do. I'm a business guy, so I'm studying all this. I'm watching it for my clients, and we may be in for a very rough ride. It's very possible, but here's what we all need to know, and that is that Romans 8:28, God will use all things for the good of his people that love him. So, so the thing that we need to do, and this is where I want to encourage you, is for for us individually this is the time for us to draw closer to him you know many of our our i guess organizations of the world have really either closed or are gone on hiatus or been quarantined or whatever you want to call it i mean there's no sports currently as i'm recording this there's no movies there's no celebrity culture even our universities and colleges and education have all closed down and you know i could even say that maybe even the idols of the world have been shut down even even churches we're not even able to gather in our churches and so really the thing that we have to do right now is to just spend quiet time and to spend that time just, uh, you know, I guess ministering to ourselves, but really ministering to the Lord and allowing the Lord to minister to us. And so some of the tips I highly recommend just as I wrap up here is number one, focus on yourself. Make sure if you need help, ask for help. Back in 08, I didn't ask for help like I needed to. If you need some help, reach out to people. Don't get overwhelmed or discouraged. This could be a time to get overwhelmed, discouraged. Don't do that. Make sure you're nourishing your soul. Read, watch, listen to things that just feed your soul. And really the thing that we that we need to be doing above all else during this time is focus on others. People need you right now. Text them, message them, find out what you could do to help them, and just reach out to others. I believe that we will look back on this time, and as followers of Christ, this was our time to shine. Just go out and shine and be a light in the world. I know you can do that. Hi, this is Teresa Blaze from the Unresolved Podcast Network and the Unresolved Life Podcast when I think about hope, you know, it's funny. I think about how God is going to make all things new. You know, right now we are in this place of lockdown and everybody's afraid and all this. But there's going to come a day when all this won't matter. There's going to come a day when he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. There's going to come a day when we are going to see Yeshua, Jesus, our Lord, face to face. (sighs) There are days I think about that because I so desperately need hope. You know, because there's so much stress around what we're doing. And it's so wonderful to consider that one day we're going to be with our Lord for all of eternity. No more death, 
No more pain. No more suffering. No more crying. And we're going to be able to serve him forever and ever. That's what I think of when I think of the word hope. It's found in Yeshua. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed our Christian Podcasters Association Hope Collaboration for 2020. The links to each of the contributors' podcasts are linked in the show notes. It is a joy and a privilege to share them with you.